Act Four of The Winter's Tale by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One. Enter Time as Chorus. I that please some try all, both joy and terror of good and bad that make and unfold error now take upon me in the name of time to use my wings impute it not a crime to me or my swift passage that i slide over sixteen years and leave the growth untried of that wide gap since it is in my power to overthrow law and in one self-born hour to plant and overwhelm custom let me pass the same i am ere ancient's order was or what is now received i witness to the times that brought them in so shall i do to the freshest things now reigning and make stale the glistering of this present as my tale now seems to it your patience disallowing i turn my glass and give my scene such growing as you had slept between leontis leaving the effects of his fond jealousy so grieving that he shuts up himself imagine me gentle spectators that i now may be in fair bohemia and remember well i mention the son of the kings which florizel i now name to you and with speed so pace to speak of perdita now grown in grace equal with wandering what of her ensues i list not prophecy but let time's news be known when tis brought forth a shepherd's daughter and what to her adheres which follows after is the argument of time of this allow if ever you have spent time worse ere now if never yet that time himself does say he wishes earnestly you never may exit scene two bohemia a room in the palace of polixenes enter polixenes and camillo i pray thee good camillo be no more importunate tis a sickness denying thee anything a death to grant this it is fifteen years since i saw my country though i have for the most part been aired abroad i desire to lay my bones there besides the penitent king my master hath sent for me to whose feeling sorrows i might be some allay or i o'erween to think so which is another spur to my departure as thou loved me camillo wipe not out the rest of thy service by leaving me now the need i have of thee thine own goodness hath made better not to have had thee than thus to want thee thou having made me business which none without thee can sufficiently manage must either stay to execute them thyself or take away with thee the very services thou hast done which if i have not enough considered as too much i cannot to be more thankful to thee shall be my study and my profit therein the heaping friendships of that fatal country cecilia prithee speak no more whose very name punishes me with the remembrance of that penitent as thou callest him and reconciled king my brother whose loss of his most precious queen and children are even now to be afresh lamented say to me when sawest thou the prince florizel my son kings are no less unhappy their issue not being gracious than they are in losing them when they have approved their virtues sir it is three days since i saw the prince what his happier affairs may be are to me unknown but i have nicely noted he is of late much retired from court and is less frequent to his princely exercises than formerly he hath appeared i have considered so much camillo and with some care so far that i have eyes under my service which look upon his removedness from whom i have this intelligence that he is seldom from the house of a most homely shepherd a man they say that from very nothing and beyond the imagination of his neighbours is grown into an unspeakable estate i have heard sir of such a man who hath a daughter of most rare note 
the report of her is extended more than can be thought to begin from such a cottage that's likewise part of my intelligence but i fear the angle that plucks our son thither thou shalt accompany us to the place where we will not appearing what we are have some question with the shepherd from whose simplicity i think it not uneasy to get the cause of my son's resort thither prithee be my present partner in this business and lay aside the thoughts of cecilia i willingly obey your command my best camillo we must disguise ourselves exeunt scene three the same a road near the shepherd's cottage enter autolycus singing when daffodils begin to peer with hay the ducks see over the dome why then comes in the sweet of the year for the red blood reigns in the winter's pale the white sheep bleaching on the hedge with hay the sweet birds oh how they sing doth set my pogging tooth on edge for a quart of ale is a dish for a king the lark that terror chants with hay with hay the thrush and the jay the summer songs for me and me aunts while we lie tumbling in the hay <laughs> i have served prince florizel and in my time wore three pile but now i am out of service but shall i go mourn for that my dear the pale moon shines by night and when i wandereth here and there i then do must go right if tinkers may have leave to live and bear the saskin budget then my account i will make give and in the stocks about it my traffic is sheets when the kite builds look to lesser linen my father named me autolycus who being as i am littered under mercury was likewise a snapper up of unconsidered trifles with dye and drab i purchased this caparison and my revenue is the silly cheat galleros and knock are too powerful on the highway beating and hanging are terrors to me for the life to come i sleep at the thought of it a prize a prize <laughs> enter clown let me say every eleven weather tots every tod yields pound and odd shilling fifteen hundred shorn what comes the wool to autolycus aside if the springe hold the cock's mine i cannot do it without counters let me say where am i to buy for our sheep-sharing feast three pound of sugar five pound of currants rice what will this sister of mine do with rice but my father hath made her mistress of the feast and she lays it on she hath made me four and twenty nosegays for the shearers three men song men all and very good ones but they are most of them means and bases but one puritan amongst them and he sings psalms to hornpipes i must have saffron to colour the warden pies mace dates none that's out of my note nutmegs seven a race or two of ginger but that i may beg four pound of prunes and as many a raisins are the sun autolycus grovelling on the ground in the name of me oh help me help me pluck but off these rags and then dead dead alack poor soul thou hast need of more rags to lay on thee rather than have these off oh sir the loathsomeness of them offend me more than the stripes i have received which are mighty ones and millions 
Alas, poor man, I'm merely in a beating and I come to a great matter. I am robbed, sir, and beaten. My money and apparel taken from me, and these detestable things put upon me. What? By a horseman or a footman? A footman, sweet sir, a footman. Indeed, he should be a footman, by the garments he has left with thee. If this be a horseman's coat, it hath seen very hot service. Lend me thy hand, I'll help thee. Come, lend me thy hand. Helping him up. Oh, oh good sir, oh tenderly. Oh. Alas, poor soul. Oh, good sir, so good sir i feel sir my shoulder blade is out how now can't stand oh softly dear sir picks his pocket good sir softly you had done me a charitable office dost lack any money i have a little money for thee mm, no good sweet sir no i beseech you sir i have a kinsman not past three-quarters of a mile hence unto whom i was going i shall there have money or anything i want offer me no money i pray you that kills my heart what manner of fellow was he that robbed you a fellow sir that i have known to go about with troll my dames i knew him once a servant of the prince i cannot tell good sir for which of his virtues it was but he was certainly whipped out of the court his voices you would say there's no virtue whipped out of the court they cherish it to make it stay there and yet it will no more but abide vices i would say sir i know this man well he hath been since an ape-bearer then a process server a bailiff then he compassed a motion of the prodigal son and married a tinker's wife within a mile where my land and living lies and having flown over many knavish professions he settled only in rome <laughs> some call him autolycus out upon him prick for my life prick he haunts wakes fairs and bear baitings very true sir he sir he that's the rogue that put me into this apparel <laughs> not a more cowardly rogue in all bohemia if you had but looked big and spit at him he'd have run i must confess to you sir i'm no fighter i am false of heart that way and that he knew oh i warrant him how do you now sweet sir much better than i was i can stand and walk i will even take my leave of you and pay softly towards my kinsman shall i bring thee on the way no Oh, good face, sir, no, sweet, sir. Then fare thee well. I must go buy spices for our sheep-sharing. Prosper you, sweet, sir. Exit, clown. Your purse is not hot enough to purchase your spice. I'll be with you at your sheep-shearing, too. If I make not this cheat, bring out another, and the shearers prove sheep let me be unrolled and my name put in the book of virtue <laughs> jog on jog on the footpath way and merrily and the style ah a merry heart goes all the day yet sad tires in a mile ah exit scene four the same a shepherd's cottage enter florizel and perdita these your unusual weeds to each part of you do give a life no shepherdess but flora peering in april's front this your sheep shearing is as a meeting of the petty guards and you the queen on't sir my gracious lord to chide at your extremes it not becomes me oh pardon that i name them your high self the gracious mark of the land you have obscured with a swain's wearing and me poor lowly maid most goddess-like pranked up 
but that our feasts in every mess have folly and the feeders digest it with a custom i should blush to see you so attired swoon i think to show myself a glass i bless the time when my good falcon made her flight across thy father's ground now jove afford you cause to me the difference forges dread your greatness hath not been used to fear even now i tremble to think your father by some accident should pass this way as you did oh the fates how would he look to see his work so noble vilely bound up what would he say or how should i in these my borrowed flaunts behold the sternness of his presence apprehend nothing but jollity the gods themselves humbling their deities to love have taken the shapes of beasts upon them jupiter became a bull and bellowed the green neptune a ram and bleated and the fire-robed god golden apollo a poor humble swain as i seem now their transformations were never for a piece of beauty rarer nor in a way so chaste since my desires run not before mine honour nor my lusts burn hotter than my faith oh but sir your resolution cannot hold when disopposed as it must be by the power of the king one of these two must be necessities which then will speak that you must change this purpose or i my life thou dearest perdita with these forced thoughts i prithee darken not the mirth of the feast or i'll be thine my fair or not my father's for i cannot be mine own nor anything to any if i be not thine to this i am most constant though destiny say no be merry gentle strangle such thoughts as these with anything that you behold the while your guests are coming lift up your countenance as twere the day of celebration of that nuptial which we two have sworn shall come o oh, lady fortune stand you auspicious see your guests approach address yourself to entertain them sprightly and let's be red with mirth enter shepherd with polixenes and camillo disguised clown mopsa dorcas with others Fie, daughter when my old wife lived upon this day she was both pantler butler cook both dame and servant welcomed all served all would sing her song and dance her turn now here at upper end of the table now in the middle on his shoulder and his her face afire with labour and the thing she took to quench it she would to each one sip you are retired as if you were a feasted one and not the hostess of the meeting pray you bid these unknown friends to us welcome for it is a way to make us better friends more known come quench your blushes and present yourself that which you are mistress of the feast come on and bid us welcome to your sheep shearing as your good flock shall prosper perdita to polixenes sir welcome it is my father's will i should take on me the hostess ship of the day to camillo you're welcome sir give me those flowers there dorcas reverend sirs for you there's rosemary and rue these keep seeming and savour all the winter long grace and remembrance be to you both and welcome to our shearing shepherdess a fair one are you well you fit our ages with flowers of winter sir the year growing ancient not yet on summer's death nor on the birth of trembling winter the fairest flowers of the season are our carnations and streaked gillivores which some call nature's bastards of that kind our rustic gardens barren and i care not to get slips of them wherefore gentle maiden do you neglect them for i have heard it said there is an art which in their piedness shares with great creating nature say there be yet nature is made better by no mean but nature makes that mean so all that art which you say adds to nature is an art that nature makes you see sweet maid we marry a gentler scion to the wildest stock 
and may conceive a bark of baser kind by bud of nobler race this is an art which does mend nature change it rather but the art itself is nature so it is then make your garden rich in gilvors and do not call them bastards i'll not put the dibble in earth to set one slip of them no more than were i painted i would wish this youth should say twere well and only therefore desire to breed by me here's flowers for you hot lavender mince savoury marjoram the marigold that goes to bed with the sun and with him rises weeping these are flowers of middle summer and i think they are given to men of middle age you're very welcome i should leave grazing where i have your flock and only live by gazing how oh, the lass you'd be so lean that blasts of january would blow you through and through now my fairest friend i would i had some flowers of the spring that might become your time of day and yours and yours that were upon your virgin branches yet your maidenhead's growing o oh, proserpina from the flowers now that frighted thou lettst fall from this's wagon daffodils that come before the swallow dares and take the winds of march with beauty violets dim but sweeter than the lids of juno's eyes or cytherea's breath pale primroses that die unmarried ere they can behold bright phoebus in his strength a malady most incident to maids bold oxlips and the crown imperial lilies of all kinds the flower de luce being one oh these i lack to make you garlands of and my sweet friend to strew him over and over what like a course <laughs> no like a bank for love to lie and play on not like a course or if not to be buried but quick and in mine arms come take your flowers methinks i play as i have seen them do in whitsun pastorals sure this robe of mine does change my disposition what you do still better is what is done when you speak sweet i'd have you do it ever when you sing i'd have you buy and sell so so give alms pray so and for the ordering your affairs to sing them too when you do dance i wish you a wave of the sea that you might ever do nothing but that move still still so and own no other function each your doing so singular in each particular crowns what you are doing in the present deeds that all your acts are queens oh doricles your praises are too large but that your youth and the true blood which peeps fairly through it do plainly give you out an unstained shepherd with wisdom i might fear my doricles you wooed me the false way i think you have as little skill to fear as i have purpose to put you to it but come our dance i pray your hand my perdita so turtles pair that never mean to part i'll swear for them this is the prettiest low-born lass that ever ran on the green sward nothing she does or seems but smacks of something greater than herself too noble for this place he tells her something that makes her blood look out good sooth she is the queen of curds and cream come on strike up mopsa must be your mistress marry garlic to mend her kissing with now in good time not a word a word we stand upon our manners come strike up music here a dance of shepherds and shepherdesses pray good shepherd what fair swain is this which dances with your daughter they call him doricles and boasts himself to have a worthy feeding but i have it upon his own report and i believe it he looks like sooth he says he loves my daughter i think so too for never gaze at the moon upon the waters as he'll stand and read as twere my daughter's eyes and to be plain i think there's not half a kiss to choose who loves another best she dances featly so she does anything though i report it that should be silent if young doricles delight upon her 
she shall bring him that which he not dreams of enter a servant oh master if ye did but hear the pedlar at the door you would never dance again after a tabor and pipe oh no the bagpipe could not move you he sings several tunes faster than you'll tell money he utters them as he had eaten ballads and all men's ears grew to his tune he could never come better he shall come in i love a ballad but even too well if it be doleful matter merrily set down or a very pleasant thing indeed and sung lamentably he hath songs from man and woman of all sizes no milliner can so fit his customers with gloves he has the prettiest love songs for maids oh so without bawdry which is strange with such delicate burdens of dildos and fadings jumper and thumper and oh, where some stretch-mouthed rascal would as it were mean mischief and break a foul gap into the matter he makes the maid to answer woo do me no harm good man puts him off and slights him with oh woo do me no harm good man this is a brave fellow believe me thou talkest of an admirable conceited fellow has he any unbraided wares he hath ribbons of all colours in the rainbow point more than all the lawyers in bohemia can learnedly handle though they come to him by the gross inkles canvases cambrics lawns oh why he sings em over as they were gods or goddesses you would think a smockerish she-angel he so chants to the sleeve-hand and the work about the square on it pray they bring him in and let him approach singing forewarn him that he use no scurrilous words in his tunes exit servant you have of these peddlers that have more in them than you'd think sister ay good brother or go about to think enter autolycus singing lawn as white as driven snow cypress black as air was grown gloves as sweet as damask roses must for faces and for noses bugle bracelet necklace amber perfume for a lady's chamber golden coins and stomachers for my lads to give their dears pens and poking sticks of steel what maids lack from head to heel come or buy of me come come buy come buy buy lads or else your lasses cry come buy if i were not in love with mopsa thou shouldst take no money of me but being enthralled as i am it will also be the bondage of certain ribbons and gloves i was promised them against the feast but they come not too late now he hath promised you more than that or there be liars he hath paid you all he promised you maybe he has paid you more which will shame you to give him again is there no manners left among maids will they wear their plackets where they should bear their faces is there not milking time when you are going to bed or kiln hole to whistle off these secrets but you must be tittle tattling before all our guests tis well they are whispering clamour your tongues and not a word more i have done come you promised me a tawdry lace and a pair of sweet gloves have i not told thee how i was cozened by the way and lost all my money and indeed sir there are cozeners abroad therefore it behoves men to be wary fear not thou man thou shalt lose nothing here i hope so sir for i have above me many parcels of charge what hast here ballads pray now buy some i love a ballad in print alive for then we are sure they are true here's one to a very doleful tune how a usurer's wife was brought to bed of twenty money-bags at a burden and how she longed to eat adders heads 
and toad's carbonado is it true thank you oh very true and but a month old bless me from marrying usurer here's the midwife's name to it one mistress tailporter and five or six honest wives that were present why should i carry lies abroad oh, pray you now buy it come on lay it boy and let's first see more ballads we'll buy the other things anon here's another ballad of a fish that appeared upon the coast on wednesday the fourth score of april forty thousand fathom above water and sung this ballad against the hard hearts of maids it was thought she was a woman and was turned into a cold fish for she would not exchange flesh with one that loved her the ballad is very pitiful and as true is it true too think you five justices hands at it and witnesses more than my pack will hold lay it by toe another this is a merry ballad a, but a very pretty one <laughs> let's have some merry ones why this is a passing merry one and goes to the tune of two maids wooing a man there's scarce a maid westward but she sings it oh tis in request i can tell you we can both sing it if thou bear part thou shalt hear tis in three parts we had the tune on't a month ago i can bear my part you must know tis my occupation have at it with you get your hands for i must go where it fits not you to know whither oh whither whither it becomes thy oath full well thou to me thy secrets tell be too let me go thither o goest thou to the grange or mill if to either thou dost ill night night what neither night night thou hast sworn my love to be thou hast sworn it more to me than whither goest say whither we'll have this song out anon by ourselves my father and the gentleman are in sad talk and we'll not trouble them come bring away thy pack after me wenches i'll buy for you both peddler let's have the first choice follow me girls exit with dorcas and mopsa autolycus aside and you shall pay well for em <laughs> will you buy any type or lace for your cape my dainty duck my dear rat any silk any thread any toys for your head of the newest and finest finest wearer come to the peddler money's a meddler that doth utter all men's wearer exit re-enter servant master there is three carters three shepherds three neatherds three swineherds that have made themselves all men of hair they call themselves saltiers and they have a dance which the wenches say is a gallim of right of gambles because they are not in it but they themselves are of the mind if it be not too rough for some that know little but bowling it will please plentifully <laughs> away we'll none aren't yours been too much homely foolery already i know sir we weary you you weary those that refresh us pray let's see these four threes of herdsmen one three of them by their own report sir has danced before the king and not the worst of the three but jumps twelve foot and a half by the squire leave your prattin since these good men are pleased let them come in but quickly now why they stay at the door sir exit enter twelve rustics habited like setters they dance and then exeunt oh father you'll know more of this hereafter to camillo is it not too far gone tis time to part them he's simple and tells much to florizel 
how now fair shepherd your heart is full of something that does take your mind from feasting sooth when i was young and handed love as you do i was wont to load my she with knacks i would have ransacked the peddler's silken treasury and have poured it to her acceptance you have let him go and nothing marted with him if your lass interpretation should abuse and call this your lack of love or bounty you were straited for a reply at least if you make a care of happy holding her old sir i know she prizes not such trifles as these are the gifts she looks from me are packed and locked up in my heart which i have given already but not delivered oh hear me breathe my life before this ancient sir who it should seem hath sometime loved i take thy hand this hand as soft as dove's down and as white as it or ethiopian's tooth or the fanned snow that's bolted by the northern blasts twice o'er what follows this how prettily the young swain seems to wash the hand was fair before i have put you out but to your protestation let me hear what you profess do and be witness to it and this my neighbour too and he and more than he and men the earth the heavens and all that where i crown the most imperial monarch there of most worthy were i the fairest youth that ever made eye swerve had force and knowledge more than was ever man's i would not prize them without her love for her employ them all commend them and condemn them to her service or to their own perdition fairly offered this shows a sound affection but my daughter say you the like to him i cannot speak so well nothing so well no nor mean better by the pattern of mine own thoughts i cut out the purity of his take hands a bargain and friends unknown you shall bear witness to it i give my daughter to him and will make her portion equal his oh that must be the virtue of your daughter one being dead i shall have more than you can dream of yet enough then for your wonder but come on contract is for these witnesses come ye hand and daughter yours soft swain a while beseech you have you a father i have but what of him knows he of this he neither does nor shall methinks a father is at the nuptial of his son a guest that best becomes the table pray you once more is not your father grown incapable of reasonable affairs is he not stupid with age and altered rooms can he speak hear no man from man dispute his own estate lies he not bedrid and again does nothing but what he did being childish no good sir he has his health and ampler strength indeed than most have of his age by my white beard you offer him if this be so a wrong something unfilial reason my son should choose himself a wife but as good reason the father all whose joy is nothing else but fair posterity should hold some counsel in such a business i yield all this but for some other reasons my grave sir which tis not fit you know i not acquaint my father of this business let him know it he shall not prithee let him no he must not let him my son he shall not need to grieve at knowing of thy choice come come he must not mark our contract polixenes discovering himself mark your divorce young sir whom son i dare not call thou art too base to be acknowledged thou acceptors heir that thus affects a sheephook thou old traitor i am sorry that by hanging thee i can but shorten thy life one week and thou fresh piece of excellent witchcraft who of force must know the royal fool thou copst with oh my art i'll have thy beauty scratched with briars 
and make more homely than thy state for thee fond boy if i may ever know thou dost but sigh that thou no more shalt see this neck as never i mean thou shalt we'll bar thee from succession not hold thee of our blood no not our kin far than deucalion off mark thou my words follow us to the court thou churl for this time though full of our displeasure yet we free thee from the dead blow of it and you enchantment worthy enough for herdsman yea him too that makes himself but for our honour therein unworthy thee if ever henceforth thou these rural latches to his entrance open or hoop his body more with thy embraces i will devise a death as cruel for thee as thou art tender to it exit even here undone i was not much afeard for once or twice i was about to speak and tell him plainly the self-same sun that shines upon his court hides not his visage from our cottage but looks on alike to florizel will please you sir be gone i told you what would come of this beseech you of your own state take care this dream of mine being now awake i'll queen it no inch further but milk my ewes and weep why how now father speak ere thou diest i cannot speak nor think nor dare to know that which i know to florizel oh sir you have undone a man of fourscore three that thought to fill his grave in quiet yea to die upon the bed my father died to lie close by his honest bones but now some hangman must put on my shroud and lay me when all priest shovels in dust to perdita oh cursed wretch that knewest this was the prince and wouldst adventure to mingle faith with him undone undone if i might die within this hour i have lived to die when i desire exit why look you so upon me i am but sorry not afeard delayed but nothing altered what i was i am more straining on for plucking back not following my leash unwillingly gracious my lord you know your father's temper at this time he will allow no speech which i do guess you do not purpose to him and as hardly will he endure your sight as yet i fear then till the fury of his highness settle come not before him i not purpose it i think camillo even he my lord how often have i told you it would be thus how often said my dignity would last but till it were known it cannot fail but by the violation of my faith and then let nature crush the sides of the earth together and mar the seeds within lift up thy looks for my succession wipe me father i am heir to my affection be advised i am and by my fancy if my reason will thereto be obedient i have reason if not my senses better pleased with madness do bid it welcome this is desperate sir so call it but it does fulfil my vow i needs must think it honesty camillo not for bohemia nor the pomp that may be there art gleaned for all the sun seas or the close earth wombs or the profound seas hide in unknown fathoms will i break my oath to this my fair beloved therefore i pray you as you have ever been my father's honoured friend when he shall miss me as in faith i mean not to see him any more cast your good counsels upon his passion let myself and fortune tug for the time to come this you may know and so deliver i am put to sea with her whom here i cannot hold on shore and most opportune to need i have a vessel rides fast by but not prepared for this design what course i mean to hold shall nothing benefit your knowledge nor concern me the reporting oh my lord 
I would your spirit were easier for advice, or stronger for your need. Hark, Perdita. Takes her aside. To Camille. I'll hear you by and by. He is irremovable, resolved for flight. Now were I happy if his going I could frame to serve my turn. Save him from danger, do him love and honour. Purchase the sight again of dear Cecilia, and that unhappy king, my master, whom I so much serves to see. Now, good Camillo, I am so fraught with curious business that I leave out ceremony. Sir, I think you have heard of my poor services, in the love that I have borne your father. Very nobly have you deserved. It is my father's music to speak your deeds. Not little of his care to have them recompensed as thought on. Well, my lord, if you may please to think I love the king, and through him, what's nearest to him, which is your gracious self, embrace but my direction. If your more ponderous and settled project may suffer alteration, on mine honour I'll point you where you shall have such receiving as shall become your highness where you may enjoy your mistress, from the whom I see there is no disjunction to be made, but by, as heavens forfend, your ruin, marry her, and, with my best endeavours in your absence, your discontenting father strive to qualify, and bring him up to liking. How, Camillo, may this almost a miracle be done, that I may call thee something more than man? and after that trust to thee. Have you thought on a place where do you'll go? Not any yet, but as the unthought-on accident is guilty to what we wildly do, so we profess ourselves to be the slaves of chance, and flies of every wind that blows. Then least to me. This follows, if you will not change your purpose, but undergo this flight. Make for Cecilia. And there present yourself in your fair princess, for so I see she must be, for Leontes. She shall be habited as it becomes a partner of your bed. Methinks I see Leontes opening his free arms, and weeping his welcomes forth. Asks thee, the son, forgiveness, as twere i the father's person. Kisses the hands of your fresh princess. O'er and o'er divides him twixt his unkindness and his kindness, the one he chides to hell, and bids the other grow faster than thought or time. Worthy Camillo, what colour for my visitation shall I hold up before him? Sent by the king your father to greet him and to give him comforts. Sir, the manner of your bearing towards him, with what you as from your father shall deliver, Things known betwixt us three, I'll write you down. The witch shall point you forth at every sitting, what you must say. That you shall not perceive, but that you have your father's bosom there, and speak his very heart. I am bound to you. There is some sap in this. A course more promising than a wild dedication of yourselves to unbathed waters, undreamed shores, most certain to miseries enough, no hope to help you, but as you shake off one to take another, nothing so certain as your anchors, who do their best office if they can but stay you where you'll be loath to be. Besides, you know prosperity is the very bond of love, whose fresh complexion and whose heart together affliction alters. One of these is true. I think affliction may subdue the cheek but not take in the mind. Ye, say you so. There shall not at your father's house these seven years be born another such. My good Camillo, she is as forward of her breeding as she is in the rear of birth. I cannot say it is pity she lacks instruction, for she seems a mistress to most that teach. Your pardon, sir, for this, I'll blush you thanks. My prettiest Perdita, but, oh, the thorns we stand upon, 
Camilo, preserver of my father, now of me, the medicine of our house, how shall we do? We are not furnished like Bohemia's son, nor shall appear in Sicilia. My lord, fear none of this. I think you know my fortunes do all lie there. It shall be so, my care to have you royally appointed, as if the scene you play were mine. For instance, sir, that you may know you shall not want. One word. They talk aside. Re-enter Autolycus. Ha, <laughs> ha, oh, what a fool honestly in, and trust this sworn brother, a very simple gentleman. I have sold all my trumpery, not a counterfeit stone, not a ribbon, glass, pomander, brooch, table book, ballot, knife, tape, glove, shoe tie, bracelet, horn ring, to keep my pack from fasting. They throng who should buy first, as if my trinkets had been hallowed, and brought a benediction to the buyer, by which means I saw whose purse was best in picture, and what I saw to my good use I remembered. My clown, who wants but something to be a reasonable man, grew so in love with the wench's song, that he would not stir his petty toes till he had both tune and words, which so drew the rest of the herd to me, that all their other senses stuck in ears. You might have pinched a placket, it was senseless, "'Twas nothing to geld a cut piece of a purse. "'I could have filed keys off that hung in chains. "'No hearing, no feeling but my sir's song, "'and admiring the nothing of it. "'So that, in this time of lethargy, "'I picked and cut most of their festival purses, "'and had not the old man come in with hubub "'against his daughter and the king's son, "'and scared my chops from the chap, "'I had not left a purse alive in the whole army.' Camillo, Florizel, and Perdita come forward. Nay, but my letters, by this means being there, so soon as you arrive, shall clear that doubt. And those that shall procure from King Leontes shall satisfy your father. Happy be you, all that you speak shows fair. Camillo, seeing Autolycus. Who have we here? We'll make an instrument of this. Omit nothing may give us aid. Autolycus aside. If they have overheard me now, why hanging? How now, good fellow? Why shakest thou so? Fear not, man. Here's no harm intended to thee. I am a poor fellow, sir. Why be so still? Here's nobody will steal that from thee. Yet, for the outside of thy poverty, we must make an exchange. Therefore, disgrace thee instantly. Thou must think there is a necessity in it, and change garments with this gentleman. Though the pennyworth on his side be the worst, he told thee there's some boot. Giving money. I am a poor fellow, sir. Aside. Oh, no, ye well enough. Nay, pray thee dispatch. The gentleman is half laid already. Are you in earnest, sir? Aside. I smell the trick on it. Dispatch, I prithee. Indeed, I have had earnest, but I cannot in conscience take it. Unbuckle, unbuckle. Florizel and Autolycus exchange garments. Fortunate mistress, let my prophecy come home to you. You must retire yourself into some covert, take your sweetheart's hat, and plug it o'er your brows, muffle your face, dismantle you, and, as you can, dislike on the truth of your own seeming, that you may, for I do fear eyes over, to shipboard get undescried. I see the place so lies that I must bear a part. No remedy. Have you done there? Should I now meet my father, he would not call me son. Nay, you shall have no hat. Giving it to Perdita. Come, lady, come. Farewell, my friend. Adieu, sir. O Perdita, what have we twain forgot? Pray you a word. They converse apart. 
Camillo aside. What I do next shall be to tell the king of this escape, and whither they are bound. Wherein my hope is, I shall so prevail to force him after, in whose company I shall review Sicilia, for whose sight I have a woman's longing. Fortune speed us. Thus we set on Camillo to the seaside. The swifter speed, the better. Exeunt, Florizel, Perdita, and Camillo. I understand the business. I bear it. To have an open ear, a quick eye, and a nimble hand is necessary for a cup purse. A good nose is requisite also to smell out work for the other senses. I see this is the time that the unjust man doth thrive. What an exchange have this been without boot? What a boot is here with this exchange? Sure, the gods do this year connive at us, and we may do anything extempore. The prince himself is about a piece of iniquity, stealing away from his father with his clog at his heels. If I thought it were a piece of honesty to acquaint the king withal, I would not do it. I hold it the more knavery to conceal it, and therein am a constant to my profession. Re-enter Clown and Shepherd. Aside, aside, here is more matter for a hot brain. Every lane's end, every shop, church, session, hanging, yields a careful man work. Say, say, what a man you are now. There is no other way but to tell the king she's a changeling, and none of your flesh and blood. Nay, but hear me. Nay, but hear me. Go to, then. She being none of your flesh and blood, your flesh and blood is not offended the king, and so your flesh and blood is not to be punished by him. Shall these things you found about her, those sacred things, all but what she has with her? This being done, let the law go whistle, I warrant you. I will tell the king all every word, ye, and his son's pranks too who I may say is no honest man neither to his father nor to me, to go about to make me the king's brother-in-law. Indeed, brother-in-law was the farthest off you could have been to him, and then your blood had been the dearer by I know how much an ounce. Autolycus aside. Very <laughs> wisely, puppies. Well, let us to the king. There is that in this fardel will make him scratch his beard. Autolycus aside. I know not what impediment this complaint may be to the flight of my master. Pray heartily he be at palace. Autolycus aside. Though I am not naturally honest, I am so sometimes by chance. Let me pocket up my peddler's excrement. Takes off his false beard. Oh, no, Rospin, whither are you bound? To the palace, and it like your worship. Your affairs there, what, with whom, the condition of that father, the place of your dwelling, your names, your ages, of what having, breeding, and anything that is fitting to be known, discover. We are but plain fellows, sir. A lie? You are rough. Therein. Let me have no lying. It becomes none but tradesmen, and they often give us soldiers the lie, but we pay them for it with stamped coin, not stabbing steel. Therefore, they do not give us the lie. Your worship had liked to have given us one, if you had not taken yourself with the manor. Are you a courtier, and like you, sir? Whether you like me or no, I am a courtier. Seest thou not the air of the court in these enfoldings? Hath not my gate in it the measure of the court? Receives not thy known court odour from me? Reflect I not on thy baseness, court contempt? Think'st thou, for that I insinuate, or toes from thee thy business. I am therefore no courtier. I am courtier cap a pied, and one that will either push on or pluck back thy business there, whereupon I command thee to open thy affair. My business, sir, is to the king. What advocate 
hast thou to him? I know not, ain't like you. Advocates the court word for a pheasant. Say you have none. None, sir. I have no pheasant caught nor in. Oh, blessed are we that are not simple men. Yet nature might have made me as these are. Therefore, I will not disdain. This cannot be but a great courtier. His garments are rich, but he wears them not handsomely. He seems to be the more noble in being fantastical. A great man, I'll warrant. I know by the picking on's teeth. The fardel there. What's the fardel? Wherefore that box? Sir, they lie such secrets in this fardel and box which none must know but the king, and which he shall know within this hour, if I may come to the speech of him. Age, thou hast lost thy labour. Why, sir? The king is not at the palace. He has gone aboard a new ship to purge melancholy and air himself for if thou beest capable of things serious thou must know the king is full of grief so it is said sir about his son that should have married a shepherd's daughter if that shepherd be not in hand fast let him fly the curses he shall have the tortures he shall feel will break the back of man the heart of monsters thank you so sir not he alone shall suffer what wit can make heavy and vengeance bitter but those that are germane to him though removed fifty times shall all come under the hanged man which though it be great pity yet it is necessary an old sheep whistling rogue a ram tender to offer to have his daughter come into grace as oh, some say he shall be stoned but that death is too soft for him say i draw our throne into a sheep cut all deaths are too few the sharpest too easy how's the old man here son sir do you hear and like you sir he has a son who shall be flayed alive then anointed over with honey set on the head of a wasp's nest then stand till he be three quarters and a dram dead then recovered again with aqua vitae or some other hot infusion then raw as he is and in the hottest day prognostication proclaims shall he be set against a brick wall the sun looking with a southward eye upon him where he is to behold him with flies blown to death but what took we of these traitorly rascals whose miseries are to be smiled at their offences being so capital oh tell me for you seem to be honest plain men what you have to the king being something gently considered i'll bring you where he is aboard attender your persons to his presence whisper him in your behalfs and if it be in man besides the king to affect your suits here his man shall do it he seems to be of great authority close with him give him gold and though authority be a stubborn bear yet he is oft led by the nose with gold shall the inside of your pass to the outside of his hand and no more ado remember stound and flayed alive and please you sir to undertake the business for us here's the gold i have i'll make it as much more and leave this young man in pawn till i bring it you after i have done what i promised ay sir well give me the moiety are you a party in this business in some sort sir but though my case be a pitiful one i hope i shall not be played out of it oh that's the case of the shepherd's son <laughs> hang him he'll be made an example comfort good comfort we must to the king and show our strange sights you must know tis none of your daughter nor my sister we are gone else sir i will give you as much as this old man does when the business is performed and remain as he says your pawn till it be brought you i will trust you 
walk before toward the seaside go on the right hand i will but look upon the hedge and follow you we are blessed in this man as i may say even blessed let's before as he bids us he was provided to do us good exeunt shepherd and clown if i had a mind to be honest i see fortune would not suffer me she dropped booties in my mouth i am courted now with a double occasion gold and a means to do the prince my master good which who knows how that may turn back to my advancement i will bring these two moles these blind ones aboard him if he think it fit to show them again and that the complaint they have to the king concerns him nothing let him call me rogue for being so far officious for i am proof against that title and what shame else belongs to it to him will i present them there may be matter in it exit end of act four